welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month. And this month is the month of all months for a horror movie couple with a podcast. It is Halloween. I feel like we should insert some sort of sound, but we don't really do that here. Um, this is the month. After five years, it is time for us to watch Halloween. Ha- Halloween time. Uh, we we did talk in the last podcast to get you all ready that we are going to record these in sequential order mm-hmm. of Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, because we've already done Halloween 3. See season 4. Um, and then Halloween 5. But I, in good conscience, cannot make Halloween 5 our Halloween episode because feelings I'm... I have about that movie... <laughs> I was told that I would understand. So we are going to record them in that order, but then release them backwards. So we end with our Halloween episode being, with our Halloween episode being um, actual Halloween. Actual Halloween. Today, what we're recording right now. Yes. Yeah, I get that. So today is technically our Halloween episode, even though this is like fucking mid Mid to early September. Yeah, we're recording a little bit early. Happy Halloween. And... Let's fucking talk about John Carpenter's Halloween. Okay. Um, now, full disclosure, I have seen Halloween before, but uh, I saw it for the first time ever in 1999, and I think that might have been the last time I saw it. Like, I've seen bits and pieces because you watch it incessantly this month, but um, this will be the first time I'm like, I'm going to watch Halloween now. Let me have a seat and watch this <laughs> film. Uh, fortunately, um, when it comes to like a lot of pop culture in one ear out the other, bro, your brain's like a colander when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely. So yes, it will be like you've watched it for the first time. I have made, (laughs) I have made my brain that way. Don't feel sorry for me. gentle listener. This is how I want it. It's called a coping mechanism. It is. Uh, my job is very draining. You all hang around a bunch of 13 and 14 year olds every single day of your life for 20 years. 16, but you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about 1978. 1978. One prior to you. That is correct. Um, what do you know about 78? My sister was five or I guess four turning five. Um, I know that. Um, that's all I got. Uh, well, just just a quick, quick, quick rundown. <laughs> Jimmy Carter got, was president. We, is that right? He, he, we've got a lot to talk about with Halloween. Uh, that was the year of the Jonestown massacre. Do we? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's if you like cults, you know about that. Uh, the Pacific Southwest Airlines Flight 108 collided with a private Cessna light aircraft, killing 146 people. Yep. Um, the 78 FIFA World Cup was held in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans don't care about that. Yeah. The <clears throat> Camp David Accords were signed. Yeah, that's what That I mean. was, like, between um, Egypt and Israel that mm-hmm. brought, like, some peace for a minute. Did from, it, I said for a minute. Okay. Um, to the Middle East. There you go. That's Jimmy Carter. This is towards the end of Jimmy. Well, halfway through, because he lost in 80. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, all right. So, that's all I know. Yeah. If you're... I'm not really going to talk about people we lost, because we were... It's 78. We didn't lose a lot of people that would be familiar to the audience. Okay. Uh, I will say, if you're trying to get an idea for the movies that came out that year to place Halloween in context... What are we talking about? Um, National Lampoon's Animal House was that year. Ooh. Classic. Um, Grease. My Classic. Magic, remember? The oh, we Anthony did. Hopkins, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Movie? I know that movie. Uh, Superman, huge movie that mm, year. I, I was a Christopher Reeve girl. That's true. Yeah, Watership Down, the, mm, the, the Deer the Bunny Hunter, Rabbit, right? Yeah. Uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Was Deer Hunter the best picture that year? Uh, I think it was the best picture the following year. Okay. I think. All right. Um, Days of Heaven, which is the movie that just fucking derailed the studio system. Heaven can wait. Um, Eyes of Laura Mars, which is a movie John Carpenter wrote, and everyone's, well, two other movies that I'm going to talk about real fast, because Coming Home came out that year. Yeah, that is my favorite movie. And Dawn of the Dead. 
Oh, that is your uh, favorite movie. A Wait, 1978 no, my movie that oh, makes me yeah. so, so happy. Yeah. I, there's um, a lot of movies I like that came out this year. 78 was good. I just um, want to put it out there. And Halloween. And Halloween. This is Halloween. Okay, so Halloween is rated R. Obviously. It is one hour and 31 minutes in what will become a staple of every movie this Love month. This. I think the longest movie is like an hour and 40, maybe? Well, let's hour not worry about that. I just want to worry about this one that's 90 minutes. One hour, 31 minutes. 91 minutes. With credits. Love it. This movie I is remember loving it when... Burger. I believe that is why this was the movie that was chosen to first ever show me a scary movie. Because they're like, it's short, it's a classic, she'll be okay. It is both of those things. And I think we're going to watch this with you all your know mom? I was not okay. So, <laughs> so we'll yeah. have an update on that. It's going to be at super good. But uh, it, this movie is co-written and directed and scored by, by writer, John. director, producer, composer John Motherfucking Carpenter. Carpenter. Oh my God, man who is very responsible for a large swath of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I told him that when I met him for the first time, and he laughed at me and told me everyone tells him that to calm down. <laughs> and I was like, No, I had a baller childhood too. Like he was a big part of it. Um, so it's important to remember this in context. So most of the things, actually everything that you know John Carpenter from comes after this. This is the This first? is the big Carpenter break. Okay. Um, he had done a college movie um, as like a thesis project called Dark Star with Dan O'Bannon, who would go on to do... Um, <laughs> Wasn't he Stepfather? No, he, he, Where do I he know directed Return of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. And he wrote Alien. He wrote the first... Uh, One of the first, him and Ron Chusset wrote the first draft of Alien when it was called Star Beast. Got it. I knew too much about that. Um, And then, and then uh, after Dark Star came out, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to make another movie." And he made Assault on Precinct 13, which I love. But Halloween was the big fucking break. Okay, like he's still cashing checks off of Halloween. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so everything, the book. you know, after that, he does two television movies. He does Something's Watching Me, or Someone's Watching Me, uh, the Elvis movie, which is the first time he works with Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, he does The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, all, Starman, all Kurt Russell, China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, and on and on and on and on and on. Um, this is his first real horror movie. Um, there's a little bit of horror in Assault on Precinct 13, but it's more of an action movie, like a reworking of a Western. Okay. So this is the movie that everyone's like, so John Carpenter does horror, um, and <laughs> gets him labeled as a horror director for yeah. Um, is this movie. And he co-wrote it, and it was pr- produced by then-girlfriend and fucking amazing human being that we sadly lost due to cancer, Deborah Hill. Mm. Um, she also had writing credits on The Fog and Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. She produced Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, The Dead Zone. Yeah, we talked about her with, I yeah. remember her with Clue, Halloween 3. Clue. Yeah, I know that. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting, The Fisher King, uh, Road Razors, which was a, a early Robert Rodriguez movie. Um, she died in 2005. I want to quickly mention that a lot of people would bring up the fact that, like, not only was she great at her job, not only was she a great producer and just a good human, but she was very, very, very big on protecting women in the film industry. Yeah, from not because having to she deal was a woman. Um, so, you know, we should start having, like, patron saints of, like, genre arts. And we should... She would be that for John Carpenter acting. and Deborah Hill should both be patron fucking saints. Um, this movie is shot by cinematographer Dean Cundy, um, who shot basically everything that makes your childhood look like your childhood. Um, he did Halloween, he did The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 2, The Thing, Halloween 3, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3, uh, Big Show Little China, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Roadhouse... Only two of these movies so far have been a part of my Jurassic childhood. Jurassic Park. Three. The Flintstones. Casper. Four, Apollo 13. Five. And he recently did like The Mandalorian. So he's like He's a big deal. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That Dang. man's resume. Uh, and then the last cast member, or the last crew member I want to mention is just, um, so the production designer uh, who also played the shape 
aka Michael Myers. Oh, okay. Um, and, and at least one scene is Tommy Lee Wallace, who would go on to direct Halloween 3, the IT TV series, and Fright Night 2. Um, he also did a lot of like editing and just general everything Carpenter needed on his early films. Um, so that's those are the main crew members. Um, this movie is a super low budget, shot in Pasadena, a movie that was originally entitled The Babysitter Murders. Right. And Carpenter was like, what if we said it during Halloween call Halloween? Which is fucking genius. Yeah. Because I don't think, even even with as good as it is, I don't think we'd be sitting here and be like, so The Babysitter Murders. Yeah. It, it, it It's a good name. It's classic. Right. It's branding, right? Oh, it just, it, you can't Anytime think you talk of October 31st. Right, and not think Halloween, John Carpenter, Michael Myers. Vanilla Ice. Okay. It's his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Rob Van Winkle. I know that. Because you're that big of a Halloween fan? No, because I used to own a bunch of Yo! MTV Raps trading cards. Of course you did. And I just remember seeing his birthday All was... All young thugs did. <laughs> seeing his birthday was Halloween, and I was like, you could be born on Halloween? How fucking amazing would that be? He's just being jealous. When people ask, like, how'd someone like Lil Nas X become so big? I'm like, they had the best set of trading cards. That's how you get yeah. to the top of the record. That's industry. why we all know who Saddam Hussein and Norman Schwarzkopf are. <laughs> because we That's had trading cards. T- we did. That is a very specific <laughs> joke for only, a set of people. Only in America. Only in America would be like, hey, you know what you need? There's a war going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. What if we had trading cards? This is 100% true. That you could buy wax packs and yep. have, like, collect a set. Yep. And people did. Oh. I didn't collect them, but I definitely had it. Like, I just kept getting them. Like, yeah, like, they were up giving them to me. That's right. It was like, I definitely had some laying around. I I feel like the police at our school, like, would give them to us. Does that sound I right? I had, like, relatives that were like, That's you like trading right? cards, right? I was like, I like, like, X-Men trading cards. And Anthony and Nathan love... Like NFL trading cards. They're like, oh, so like, here's some Desert Storm wax packs. And I'm like, okay. Gross. Cool, man. Gross. Um, I wish, I don't remember, but I wish they had gum in them and like stickers. Yuck. Remember, uh, I got a big, at an old toy store, I got the uh, Return to Oz trading packs. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And they saw the gum in them. And it shattered like glass when you touched it. It tastes like fiberglass. I did not taste it, but I remember the taste very well. Uh, Okay. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Okay. The the top billed person in this cast. Is um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Is not. Really? Who is it? Because Jamie Lee Curtis was a relative unknown. She was actually stunt casting. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Stunt casting actually pleasantly worked out. Speaking of that, that's a great segue. It's Donald Pleasance. Um, he was the only established actor on this movie. Now, is that, that's the man who plays the, uh, like detective Lewis. or, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's a British actor and we talked about him all the way back in the very first month of the podcast. He was in Raw Meat or Deathline. Got it. Yep. Where the immortal Mind the Doors comes Mind from. Mind the Doors. Um, yep. He ended up playing this character of Dr. Loomis in five movies. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, look. Paycheck's a paycheck, you know what I mean? Uh, He definitely, literally, all the way till he died. He did one, like, right before he died. Good on him. Um, See Halloween 6 if we ever get to it. Uh, So he's also, he's he's the president in Escape from New York, the British president in Escape from New York. Uh, He's Blofeld, Bond's main villain in You Only Live Twice, where he's the weirdest looking Blofeld ever. Um, That movie is so weird. That's the movie, I believe, yeah, You Only Live Twice is where they make Sean Connery into a Japanese man. Do you want me to go ahead and remind, this is where I remind you, you and everyone who listens that I just, I've never seen nor probably will I just I want you all, if you've never five seen minute, it. I haven't seen five minutes. If you've never, if you've never seen it, movie. like Cindy, I just want you to live in the knowledge for a moment that there is a movie where Sean Connery fakes his death and then pretends to be a Japanese man. For like half an hour. It's all right. It's no worse than Highlander where he is a Welsh man who is playing an Egyptian being called oh, a no. Spaniard. Oh, oh no, 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 no! Do I have it backwards? It's way more <clears throat> racist. And you only live twice. Yeah, it's. It, I'm just saying, like, there's a precedent. Set. Yeah, like they knew they couldn't have like seen what was happening. You only live twice. And be like, so this is like racially cool because it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, and then, so speaking of racially cool, 
That brings us to Jamie Lee Curtis. Aww. Uh, I say she's stunt casting because she is the daughter of Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. Janet Lee is really known to horror fans as the being birds. psycho. No, psycho. Tippi Hedren was the birds. Um, so they Nep- basically... All these Nepo babies in Hollywood. Yeah, they, they cast the daughter of the lady who gets killed in Psycho. That's it. Because they're like, hey, it's... She's cheap. She's young. She's new. She's really only done tv like a few episodes of tv here and there she this was her first movie um and they were like we can basically like get people in based on her name right mm-hmm. and then she just turned into like fucking jamie yeah, Curtis, into, who just won it all i was just gonna say into academy award winning actress yeah. um she returned to this role for seven movies that's right yeah i fucking counted resurrection bitches I don't know what that means. Which I hope we never get to because I hate that goddamn movie. The podcast will end before we but do that. She's movie. in the beginning. I mean, we'll eventually have to watch it, but it's whatever. Um, so after this movie, she does a slew of like, like not great but fun horror movies like Terror Train. Okay. Um, the first prom night. She fucking kills it in Road Games, which is kind of like the best of the post Halloween pre-halloween 2 horror film she does okay and then she like after halloween 2 is like i'm not doing horror anymore and then until uh h2o in like 97 98 she doesn't do it'd be 98 she doesn't do another horror film it's all like comedies and action films so she's like my girl a fish called wanda true lies um she ends up doing knives out and like i said she won an oscar for everything everywhere all at once um so that is a thing yeah just this past year, 2022. Yeah. Uh, we've got Nancy Loomis, now Nancy Keys as Annie. Uh, she was married to Tommy Lee Wallace at the time. She's in The Fog, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Assault on PC 13. Uh, she ended up being like Another a John Carpenter sculptor. Staple. Yeah, okay. Uh, an artist. And then you got PJ Souls as Linda. She's in Rock and Roll High School, Carrie and Stripes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Cyphers, which is the very first person you ever met at a convention. Yes, it is. Uh, he is Sheriff Brackett. He's in Assault on Precinct 13. Nice Halloween 2, Coming Home, The Fog, Escape from New York, Major League, and Halloween Kills. He comes all the way back in Halloween Kills like a couple years ago. Uh, we got Kyle Richards playing Lindsay, the little girl. She was in The Watcher in the Woods, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> well, it's a TV show. Everyone yeah. was on it at some um, point. And yes, Cindy... She grew up to be one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, can you ask for anything more? So there you go. Everything you could ask for. There um, it is. Brian Andrews plays Tommy, the little boy that is being babysat. Um, Brian Andrews um, is a person who is mentally unwell. Um, and And I really wish him nothing but the best but he has been struggle busing for Ooh. years um we love you buddy uh we've got john michael graham as bob we got nancy stevens as nurse marion she would play that role in four movies uh sandy johnson as judith myers uh, a small but pivotal role and then we've got the michaels other than um uh tommy lee wallace we've got nick castle who plays the shape aka michael myers um for most of the movie uh, he would do it in three movies. He was the, also the co-writer of Escape from New York. Uh, he came up with the idea and story for Hook. He directed La- The Last Starfighter and Major Pain. Cool beans. All right. Uh, Will Sandin is Michael at age six. Tony Moran is Michael at age 23. Um, yeah. This fucking movie. Now, we are not going to do our typical uh, podcast bump right here where i watch a or i look at a poster of the movie and try to tell you what the plot's going to be about because it's halloween everyone knows what the movie's going to be going to be about i have seen it before uh so instead uh is there anything else any fun trivia that needs to be said before we watch the original the first halloween anything that has not been said yet i mean there's, there's a lot of trivia out there this is a beloved so movie much. franchise like we could spend four days just talking about like all the behind the scenes stuff and all the weird like trivia trip bits like how i mentioned that um john michael graham plays bob which is pg souls boyfriend pg souls was dating dennis quaid for real at the time nice so dennis quaid was there before he became an actor of note 
and he was just helping them because like this movie shot in fucking California, mm-hmm. um, not during the fall. So they just got leaves and spread them out, threw them in, and then filmed, and then would rake them up, put them back in a bag. Oh, so he was like he was like raking up leaves and scattering leaves. And they were like, we need someone to play your boyfriend. And she's like, what about my actual boyfriend? So, like, Dennis Quaid was legit going to play, like, the small part of her boyfriend. And then he ended up getting, like, another movie and then went and did that instead. So they hired someone else. That's crazy. So, yeah. I that's think, a really good, that's a good piece of trivia I think right Robert there. England, who would go on to be Freddy Krueger, was also one of the yeah. people that was spreading leaves. That's crazy. Like, this movie is bananas. It's a little piece of horror history. Connects a lot of people. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Love that. I am really excited for you to actually sit down and watch it um, with your eyes open this time. Uh, yeah, really. And uh, get your honest thoughts on it and watch it with your mom. But um, I, I'm, I'm honestly very interested in you guessing where the sequels are going to go. Ah, okay. Okay. Because they are weird. <laughs> they, they're out there. How they try to bring him back all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, we are off to watch Halloween, the original, the 1978 classic. It's on Shutter. You probably own a fucking DVD. Or an old VHS copy that you, your mom taped off Prism in 1987. Betamax, maybe? I don't know. All right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. Michael? I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. Totally charted. Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits to have a Halloween. <laughs> okay, Come on out. We watched the OG Halloween. What did everyone uh, think? Remember? What did everybody scream loudest at? Um, for most of you, how many times roughly does this make that you've seen this movie? Two. Two. This is... Forty. <laughs> like, I don't even, like... This would be my two. At yeah. least forty. Dang, um, that's crazy to me. I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. I'm saying conservatively 40. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Not the movie I've seen the most. Not the... Looking at you, Jaws. Oh, okay. I thought I've you meant Jaws. like the Halloween movies. I've it's seen Jaws like seen the most. 28 or 30 times in theaters. See, season one. Theaters. And we've seen it a lot more since then. Not so. in the theater. 
And the no. last time I saw it in the theater was, was uh, for you. the movie. That's right. Yeah. Or for the podcast, I mean. Bring anyway, it back, you cowards. Let's go ahead and talk about the actual movie we're talking about today, the original Halloween. Uh, three years later. Yep. <laughs> from Jaws. Okay. <laughs> back to back to Jaws <laughs> again. Okay, so Halloween, the original Halloween. Uh, this one, I mean, it still, it works. It still scared me the way that it did the first time I ever saw it, probably in all the same places. Um, it still, there were parts that scared me as if I had never seen it before. So yes, there you go. Um, it did its job. We're going to briefly talk about the plot and maybe some issues with the plot that don't hold up as well as uh, modern movies. Um, looking at the knife stuff. And then kind of talk about like some theories about what this movie means, like in the zeitgeist, what's been put on it later. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, this is Halloween, the movie that launched all the Halloween thousand sequels yeah. and remakes and ripoffs and all that good we stuff. could sit here and talk about this movie for four hours we are not going to do that <laughs> um so we're going to try to make this as concise as possible um because grad school yeah not for me anymore no but i sure do sure yeah. do man that um, stress is still as rich as it was the first time Halloween. That stress that again. You so, Halloween. So Halloween. What the you, original Halloween. Let's tell go. us uh, what the fuck happened. Uh, a group of babysitters are there, are spending the night, uh, spending Halloween night watching children and making out with boys. And instead, uh, there's a killer stalking a young Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, he is a an adult child killer. If that make am I saying that right? Anywho, there you go. That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> um, Michael Myers. Uh, so 15 years after murdering... This is what IMDb has. Okay. Uh, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night of 1963, Michael Myers escapes uh, from a mental hospital and returns to the town of Haddonfield, which is a very small town in Illinois, to kill some babysitters. Yeah. Uh, he is being pursued by his doctor who thinks... Who has known the entire time. I know he's faking it. I know he's a maniac. Yeah, that's just a kid. Like, yeah, he's faking yeah. it. I'm on to you, <clears throat> Michael. Yep. Um, he's the only one in the know. Um, so there you go. That's kind of the plot of Halloween, right? Uh, yes, it is. So, yes, it is. To the point where this movie was, like we, I think I told you this, I don't think we talked about in the front half. This movie was originally entitled The Babysitter Murderers. Yes, we did. it was set over like three days. I liked, I don't like that. I like the idea of it's one yeah. night, everything's kind of happening at once, it adds to the chaos of it. Um, so Irwin Yablons, who is a producer on this film, had the, an idea for like, oh, it's babysitters, right? Like everyone's either been a babysitter or been babysat. Mm-hmm. So we should do like a movie about that. And then he thought, oh, what if we called it Halloween? It happens on Be- Halloween. Because like, and then he looked and was like, oh shit, unbelievably... Up until 1978 in this movie, there had never been a movie with the word Halloween in the title. Whoa, that's crazy. And then suddenly it was like, it's weird to think about and that now because now we're living in post-Halloween where like literally... We have like, trick or treat. We have all the different Halloween. of Halloween. All the Halloween. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So... That's um, crazy. There was a time before that. And so he recently hired, that. Uh, he hired John Carpenter who had done a Sodom Precinct 13 for mm-hmm. him. And Carpenter... Um, essentially made this movie off of like a 20-day schedule they were like you know and for no money three hundred thousand dollars yeah no money at all um most of the crew worked for free deborah hill the producer worked for free she basically well, just they were dating though well I mean. she did it basically off of like back end points yeah which worked in her favor yeah for sure <laughs> she ended up making a lot way more than she would having gotten a day rate yeah um, that's true same for like a lot of the the actors and carpenter who were like oh we'll do this movie for like we'll sleep on the floor we'll all chip in it'll be like a little socialist set we'll do everything we can to help each other um, sleep on set and uh, uh like you know i think we talked about in the front half reuse the the, the same leaves, leaves over and over and over again be uh, gentle as we lift them <laughs> having like the actors help carry equipment like yeah. it was just that like it was super low budget 
Um, but this is a little movie that could, and it blew up. But, oh, did it? Um, Carpenter's thing was, hey, uh, I will do it for three hundred. I'll do it for three hundred thousand, uh, and I'll also do the score. Like that'll Obviously, be the budget. Yeah. Um, but he wanted final cut. You know, um, what happened? What's in the final movie is what I want to be in the final movie. Period. And also, he wanted his name above the title. So John Carpenter's, Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. And Erwin Blondes was like. If you get it for three hundred thousand, I don't fucking care because this movie—if it's just a blah horror film—for three hundred thousand dollars, will make its money back plus some. Like, yeah, it just is, right? He total faith in the movie, and he was right. Um, and then that's—we'll we'll talk more about him later in other Halloween sequels. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Malika Cod essentially is the—he's a Middle Eastern filmmaker and film financier who made was making a giant epic about islam and the foundation of islam and erwin yablons couldn't get the money together in america from a studio so he talked to malika cod and was like it's three hundred thousand dollars and malika cod was like that's what i'm spending a day on this shoot and then basically was like sure and then sure. Halloween weirdly has financed a lot of his movies that he made subsequently because he became like the the owner essentially of the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a lot of movies about like Islam for Western audiences to be like it's not terrifying. <laughs> uh, sadly, he was killed in a terrorist bombing. There you go. So because we can't have nice things. Uh, and now his son kind of shepherds the thing. Um, so that's kind of the layout of how it happened and Carpenter was with Deborah Hill and Deborah Hill is, you know, also a genius. And I, I don't know if we talked about the front half. She wrote all of the girl dialogue and he wrote all the male. He yeah. wrote all of the fucking Loomis dialogue, which is why it's so they, different and yeah. works so well. Well, and there's the different, you know, because they probably are not as, there isn't as large of an age gap as there is in the movie. In real life, so kind of adding that teenage girl talk really helped. Well, yeah, but there's also, like, the idea that someone wrote the lines about things like, I always forget my math book and my science book <laughs> and my chemistry book. and All uh, my books. And then the next scene, it's like, <laughs> what was lurking behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Like, oh, yeah. it's a big swing so there. different. It's, yeah. like, even in, like, style. And it works, um, and that's kind of what uh, Deborah Hill brought to it, uh, other than like making sure the movie like was on time and on budget and it worked. Um, oh Lord! So basically, yeah, this movie is—it's a super simple slasher, and I think the problem with a lot of the Halloween films that are going to follow this is they try to do more than that. Well, it's okay. I know that 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 has kind of been your complaint in years past about halloween's is that they try to get really literal and it wasn't supposed to be that yes so here's the thing carpenter came up with the idea of the michael myers character he named him after the british distributor who put assault on precinct 13 into like the london film festival which is where carpenter oh that's cool carpenter got his first big reputation bump and he was like i want to do something nice for him but the character he's not even credited as when he's in the mask, he's not credited as Michael. The shape. He's the shape. I noticed that. Because he's essentially like the personification of evil. Uh, can't be killed, right? Clearly at the end of the movie, yeah. he's Loomis just keeps gone. shooting him. Lori stabbed him in the neck. She's fucking stabbed him in the chest with a knife. Like, she nerfed him. He just keeps getting up. Which, for 1980, or, sorry, for 78, that was new. There okay. was no, like, Jason. There was no Freddy. Not before this one. Huh? Who just kept getting up. Right, like unkillable. The it's only it's so terrifying. The only big slasher icon before this was like Leatherface, who was very human. Mm-hmm. Right, Michael is like the personification of evil because he's like a child killer. Yeah, and just total emotionless. But when like, you say child killer, terrifying. I mean like he was a child. He was a who child who killed. Who killed. Totally emotionless. Yeah. Um, he doesn't kill any children in this one. No, I don't think in any of them. In Unless fact, you he, count teenagers. In fact, he grabbed the bully and kind of shook him off rather than uh, I wanted to see that kid go down in this movie. <laughs> the boogeyman's going to get you. Yeah, fuck that kid. Um, yeah, that kid, fuck that kid indeed. So, 
Um, but when we're talking about Halloween, the thing that the sequels suffer from is they want to explain everything. Right. Like there can't. has to be an excuse for everything. And like every mystery has to be answered because you have to have an excuse to make a sequel. And that's kind of where you lose the art and it becomes a product. Yes. And like this, this is an amazing, wonderful, well-made movie. This movie is very much made in like the Hitchcock style of like, a lot of stuff is hinted at. We don't see a lot of blood. Um, it's scary without being, like, overly violent. Mm-hmm. Um, There's very little blood. There, there isn't gore in this movie. Yes. This movie is... It's just scary. But here's the thing. This movie... A good thriller. ...isn't... I don't know. I, it, it feels unfair to take an entire genre and put it on this movie. Mm-hmm. Because this movie, I don't feel like, is strong enough... Because it's like this little simple movie to support an entire genre that followed it. Um, And then people started taking the wrong lessons from it. Like this movie is where the idea um, of if you're not a virgin, you die. Okay. You fuck, you die. Well, that's like, yeah, um, that's also in the Jason movies too that'll come after. But oh my God, Jason, the Jason movies. That's all it's about. Okay, this First movie one. starts that trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, people notice it and they're like, ah. And then Friday the 13th is like, that's our bread and butter. <laughs> Let's run with this. Like, you you have sex, you die. Nice. Um, but Carpenter was like, no. Like, that wasn't what I was intending at all. Like, it's just that's what none the, of the characters are virgin. Like, in Lori's the 70s. Not a virgin. In the 70s, like, that's what babysitters did, right? They, you know, made out with their boyfriends and watched the kids and put the kid in front of a TV and. That's just kind of how it was. That's not how it wasn't, you know, when I was a babysitter. But I know that that's yeah. kind of the trope. And so that's what they were doing. They were teenagers being teenagers. Totally normal shit. Yeah. And that's what made it so scary was that this well, thing, this shape was just following her and killing them randomly Car- for just being yeah. teenagers. Carpenter even said it's the exact opposite where Lori's the final girl because, and she's the one who stabs michael um because she's the one that's like she's not a virgin and she's sexually frustrated right okay like like laurie's like i'd rather go with ben tramer like laurie's like i'm down to fuck (laughs) no one wants to fuck me so she's the one that takes all of that like sexual repression turns into violence which is the exact opposite of what would come in the 80s where they're like sex equals death right okay yeah carpenter's like difference hiding the fact and and refusing to accept the fact that you want to have sex causes you to kill people (laughs) you become a fucking maniac right like yeah just do it um so it's kind of the opposite and i think people learned the wrong lesson from this movie um this movie made so much fucking money up until um Blair Witch Project, this was like the most successful independent movie ever made. I believe it. Right. It made money fucking hand over fist. Realizing where yeah. this movie falls in the zeitgeist of kind of hi- of history, how it's the first for so many things. Yeah. Like this movie is incredibly important. Yeah. I hope it made a lot, of good, a lot of money. And there's like, you can read so many different theories into slashers that start with this movie and into this movie. Like the idea of, I was reading a lot of stuff about people saying, slashers rely on knives because knives are very phallic and then it's either like depending on who you read <laughs> so Freudian. slashers are very pro-woman or very anti-woman or depending on the deck like, it's a whole thing right i will let you all make that decision for yourself i think <laughs> there are a couple of things from this movie that i think carper didn't intend i think they came about because of when they were made um there are no parents in this movie, really. The only parent we see mm-hmm. is uh, the Sheriff Lee Brackett, right? And yes. he immediately, even though his daughter is in danger and gets murdered, he's off working and not participating in her life, right? And he even knows that there's a maniac loose and she's babysitting and doesn't say shit to her. Yep. Yeah. Which is, I think, very telling mm, of the time of the late 70s and through the 80s. This idea of, like, latchkey kids were, like, mom and dad work. We're very, or, or like, just one parent households. Like, yeah. you gotta work. So, you gotta take care of yourself. Um, we see Lori's dad. I say dad because I don't want to spoil something for Halloween, too. Um, okay. And he's just, like, at the beginning of the movie, is like, 
hey, don't forget to drop the key off the mic. Like, the only conversation he has with her is about his work. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's obviously smoking pot, right? And... The only interaction any of these... Like, like she even says, like, she's... Like, no, he didn't. He didn't smell it. You're smoking pot in a closed car. You roll down the window in front of the sheriff. He fucking smelled it. No, here's the thing. But he didn't. Did he not smell it? Or Or did he just not not care? care? Yeah. Good point. Right. Um, And that's a lot of this movie is... And sadly, a thing that's become more and more real, especially where we live... Is. There aren't parents, right? Or, Or parents that care. It's become less and less of, like, the norm mm-hmm. in our society. Like, as the opioid epidemic has yeah. ground on for, like, 20 years. And we've got grandparents raising grandkids, great-grandparents, but then we don't have a lot of parents. Yeah. Uh, and then the only interaction any of these, like, teen- these 20-year-olds turn teenagers in this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're a little older. Than, have yeah. with adult figures, any, any adult figure is through the prism of their work like loomis is there as a psychiatrist right right Lori's father only talks to her about dropping the key off so they could show the house uh the sheriff only talks to them through the context of like you know have fun babysitting some kids broke into the hardware store like um it, any parent any adult that shows up in this movie is not i mean is literally just seconds only there to leave to leave or to just be a like stereotype in a way of their profession because Mm -hmm. they are their profession which is a very baby boomer thing right like i'm a lawyer i do lawyer stuff all day um and then the problem is though they also created michael myers right and they didn't deal with michael myers and they just tried to hide him and then when Mm -hmm. he got out they were like what if the solution that loomis and the sheriff agree on is, mm-hmm. what if we don't tell anyone? Because we don't want to scare them. And then people fucking die. Yeah. Um, it's very, very problematic. And it's very, very... And again, I don't think these are things that, like, Carpenter was like, uh-huh. And Deborah <laughs> Hill were like, yeah. So, you know, the idea of, like, latchkey kids and, like, there's no... Like, it just... I think it was something that was because of the time and how things were. And still are to a great extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big part of this movie. I also think we have to talk about White Flight when we talk about this movie. Okay, why is that? Um, so if, if for the at-home audience, if mm-hmm. you're driving in your car and you're like, oh, what the fuck is White Flight? So uh, post-World War II, through the 60s especially, and early 70s, there was a massive, like, migration across the entire country right where um not white people i.e black people oh, any person out of, of the, color yeah. but predominantly black people moved out of the I south mean, if you were too if you were too italian looking even well you know, too too olive skin you uh, follow that through, too through the current like looking back lens. okay um there was a massive migration out of the south into because the, of yeah. jobs into uh industrial cities in the north especially like Cities like Detroit, Detroit. Chicago, New York, places like that. Um, And then white flight was all of these not white people moved into cities. So white people were like, we're We're fucking out. out." And they moved to the suburbs um, because the suburbs were safe. This movie is, as far as I can tell, kind of the first suburb horror film. You're not in the city, right? Even though this movie was shot in L.A., it was shot in fucking Pasadena. Which is like the nicest, most suburby part of um, Los Angeles, but it, <laughs> you're not in like Chicago. You're not in like <clears throat> a major city or in the middle of nowhere. You're in the Suburb- safest suburbs. Yeah. Suburbs. Place. You're in the suburbs. You're in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Right. You're in a place where like nothing bad can happen. There's a neighborhood watch, and everyone. There's the old lady who sits on her front porch with her cordless phone. <laughs> right. Dimes you out every time you do. I know that woman. And who. Telling us all the time. I know Um, someone who was that woman. Uh, And (laughs) she's below us right now. They're the same person who turn off their lights when uh, Lori comes screaming. Oh, and I don't want to get involved. I just just want to. I want to be nosy. I want to be nibby, but I don't want to. I don't want to help. I want to help. I don't want to be part of the problem. Um, I just want to be part of the uh, messenger. I think you're right. That's very telling. Like when Lori runs from the house after finding the bodies Mm -hmm. with the super cool 
scene of Michael hiding in the closet and then you reveal that he's there and he stabs her and she falls down the stairs. Uh, coolest shot in the movie. Um, she runs outside and she's screaming and she runs to the neighbor's house and the they turn on the lights on. and then you, you they see, turn them off. Well, yeah, you, you see them like look out the window and they're like, oh, fuck no. Nope, don't get involved in this. Nor do they even call the cops. Like you'd think like, oh, they turn it off and then you hear a cop siren. But nope, that doesn't, not even that. That doesn't happen either. Because again, this generation um, prior to the generation in this movie made a monster and then closed their eyes to it. Right, right. Which... Is very telling, again, I mean, people might be like, Josh, you're reaching. We're two years from Reagan, and bad things happening for a lot of people in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people created a monster and then closed their eyes to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's this whole, like I said, white flight is moving to the suburbs for safety from the dangerous people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. And then here's this person who... I'm going to connect them like the shark and jaws just wanders into a neighborhood and is like, oh, you Always with and the then shark and jaws. done. Like you can't stop. Like once he sets his eyes on you. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. You're done. Like, there's, there's nothing that she can do to get him to stop. He's unstoppable. As we she, said before, you know, she stabs him in the neck. She stabs him in the fucking chest yeah. with a knife. That doesn't stop him. Luma shoots him like six fucking times. That doesn't stop him. Like he's everywhere. Everywhere. He's like the fear you have of the dark. He's the he is the, He's the boogeyman. They literally yeah. keep calling him the boogeyman because right. he is the boogeyman. And um, I think you also, when you talk about white flight in this movie, you have to talk about the idea of like safe horror, which is this is the first movie of this type. Like Hitchcock made Psycho, mm-hmm. and all of Hitchcock's films around Psycho were like big and glossy and theatrical. Okay. And then with Psycho, they were like, this is such a fucking swing and weird and different. He had to use the cat, the crew from the show and shoot it in black and white. Right. Right. And shoot it very economical. Um, and it works For to the very benefit little of the movie. Money. Like fucking Psycho rules. Yeah. Um, but it's it doesn't have that gloss, that Hollywood gloss. And then I think the, the movie that everyone's like, what is the greatest horror film ever pre-Halloween. Everyone always says Psycho, um, Night of the Living Dead, which is, again, it's yeah. a regional horror film that was made for little money. It looks very shaky. Mm-hmm. It looks almost like a documentary. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, same thing. That movie is looks hot. It looks fucking sweaty. It looks miserable. It looks like it was shot by psychopaths in a house <laughs> in Texas. Um, and then uh, uh, The Exorcist, which is like... Oh, yeah. Totally separate from these ton of movies. But Halloween is like a slasher. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but safe. Like it would play okay. it would play in the mall. It had like a Hollywood sheen over it. Yeah. So like had the glossy look. You, you go in and you start watching it and you're like your brain goes, This is a movie because it's shot beautifully like a movie. Like mm-hmm. this movie is very pretty. Like Carpenter took half of the budget and used Panavision cameras. So it would be in widescreen and it yeah. would look the way it looks. It was a choice and it's fucking an amazing choice. It held up. Um, he shot on Panavision, those wide cameras forever. Uh, as a matter of fact, like the last two movies he did that weren't, you're like, these don't look like a Carpenter film. Um, <laughs> because they don't have that look. But establishing a look at the gate is was so important to him also having the title above, his name above the title. But it gives this movie a feeling of like, it's scary but it's safe. It's like getting on a roller coaster. Okay. Right? Like, you, like it's, it's a safe thrill. You know you're going to be okay. Yes. It's not like you're really falling. You're like, safe. You're in a holster. It, it, Halloween's a movie where even in the moments that are scary, if you look, if you wait a second, mm-hmm. there'll be another frame that pops up and you're like, oh, this is like composed really well. Like this is like a classically made Hollywood movie by a, a master filmmaker. Like I'm in safe hands. Okay. As opposed to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, why is there just a close-up of this woman's eye? Like, what? Like, it's it's unsettling because you you think it's a fucking lunatic making the movie, and I think that's a big reason why Halloween became such a massive hit was it allowed people the chance to go see this movie at the mall or down the street, yeah. and then when they were watching it, they were like, this movie is scary, but it's 
like a controlled scary. Mm-hmm. It's like the difference between Halloween and uh, Texas Chainsaw are like the difference between getting on a ride at Disney and getting on a ride at a at carnival, the the, the, the state fair. fair, yeah, right, yeah. They both do. They both are going to provide the same jolt. But one's a, when you feel a lot more comfortable being. One's scared got a lot more money other. and safety behind it. Right. <laughs> the other one, you're like, dude, we might die here. You trust the people in charge a little bit more, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like Halloween wasn't going to play at a grindhouse, at like the second feature with like a porn. <laughs> Right, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was literally financed yeah. by a porn company, so like there would be times where it played in a double bill with like, so here's Texas Chainsaw, and then after this, watch this woman like put a whole yeah. dick down her throat, like. Got it. You, families weren't going to go watch that, right? <laughs> families, could, not families, but this was definitely a good teenage thrill movie, and it still was, and it is today. Yes. So uh, I was. I did highlight just a couple. Yeah, trivia for pieces for you. Okie doke. Um, so it okay. Three hundred thousand dollar budget. It ended up being three twenty five because the twenty five went to, um, whoa, 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 whoa. What's his name? Sam Loomis. For the uh, Donald Pleasant. Yeah. I can't oh, okay. I forgot Donald Pleasant's name. Um, <laughs> that was just for his salary. Yeah, because he was, the he was that, the, he's their a lister. Yeah, he's their anchor, if you might, if you say. Um, so it did forty seven million dollars at the box office. Um, for a thirty thousand or three hundred thousand dollar movie, yes, which is like two hundred and some million dollars. Insane, right? So take that with what you will. Um, we didn't mention that Carpenter got the idea for part of this movie. Um, so there's two stories that kind of feed into where this idea came from. Carpenter said that when he was in Kentucky in an undergrad, he went to a um insane asylum back when they were insane asylums and he saw someone that had that like blank stare yeah that the like, schizophrenia stare schizophrenic stare mm-hmm. and he was like that's the scariest fucking thing ever and he never forgot it and he was like the mask and the look of the killer from this movie should replicate that and it does yeah um and then the basic like idea of the babysitters not shit came from erwin yablons however bob clark who did um tons of movies that we all love including um oh what was uh ah, i forgot it i don't know what's the what's the christmas movie that plays every year christmas story oh right we talked about that in the front half of the movie that yeah christmas story like he also did black christmas right and, <clears throat> and he, black christmas we what we did last season this time uh and we said there were quite a few similarities and i would 100 yes. agree so we mentioned with the black christmas episode that bob clark had said that he had talked to carpenter and carpenter loved black christmas and was like what would you have done for a sequel and he was like bob clark told him i would have done it's nine ten months later um he escapes from the mental institution and starts tracking down these women or new women on halloween and carpenter's like that's awesome and then sure enough um but we don't know how true that is because bob clark died in a car accident right okay so it could just be a thing where like if you had the chance to put it into the popular zeitgeist that you were kind of the creator of the Halloween franchise, right. do you want that? So yeah. I don't know what's true. I'm just telling you that's a thing. Well, they, Clark maybe they did. both can be in kind um, of, you know, yeah, both it, can both can be true in with, a little bit. What's the old line? You, you know, um, Robert Evans said there's there's three versions of every story. There's your story, your version, my version, and then the truth, um, which is usually a combination of a little yep. bit of both. Yep. Yep. Uh, all of the actors in this movie wore their own clothes because it was such a low-budget movie. Uh, a lot of them slept on set. Uh, so Jamie Lee Curtis was working on a TV show called Operation Petticoat. Oh, right. Okay. she went to JCPenney's and spent $100 on clothes for her character. She was just like, oh, Lori, we yeah. wear these things. This like, stuff kids would do. That's the level of the production that we're talking about, right? Um. It's just wild. So Carpenter is the voice of Annie's boyfriend, Paul, on the phone when she is talking to him on the phone. When she uh, ends up changing clothes, remember? He's like, stuck in a window, huh? And she's like, I've seen you stuck in lots of places, jerk. <laughs> Carpenter's also the voice of the dad in the beginning of the movie. Yes. The one that's like, Michael. Michael. That voiceover, that's. Michael. That dub. That's, yeah. that's Carpenter, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And I think it's really important because when we talk about Halloween 2, <laughs> which, is which is significantly next. bloodier than okay. this movie, and comes out um, and feels almost like more of a reaction to Friday the 13th than it does to Halloween. Because ha- Halloween is 78, um, Friday the 13th is 80. Essentially, and they're very open, the guys who made Friday the 13th. We're like, why don't we just fucking do that at a summer camp? Um, <laughs> and it is significantly gorier. And uh, the, the Friday films ramp the gore up, and then they kind of set the stage, especially for everything that it takes from Halloween and makes canon. Like, we talked about the, you know, you're a virgin, you die thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that goes twice as fucking hard in Halloween In Halloween 2. So I'm very interested to watch Halloween 2 with you. I will say... Um, we are going to stop the recording here in a second. Okay. Um, and then at the end of the month, once we've watched all the Halloween films, we will circle back. Look at that corporate speak term. <laughs> um, and then we will do our countdown then because, right. like I said, we're recording. This is at the top of the month rather one than to five, at the end when you will be hearing it. We'll go back and release them because I cannot fathom having halloween five beer episode this year i will i refuse all right and so it won't okay it is officially the end of the month uh you have listened to five four two and one or five four two and one yes and you know how we feel but we are going to we're going to keep with tradition we're going to be ranking the halloween movies including including three because I like three better than I like three better than five. I like most things better than five. Well, Surprise! Give away what you're sorry. About Spoiler to alert! Um, all right, well, let's dive right in because <laughs> I've already spoiled yeah. It. Everyone's excited to hear what we're about to watch next week. So, um, number five, five. is five. <laughs> Spoilered! I spoiled it. Spoiled it. I don't it. care. Uh, the Revenge of Michael Myers is a horrible movie that didn't make any sense with characters I didn't care about. Um. Everyone in that movie deserved better. Uh, four? Is four. I concur. <laughs> four is four. We're trying to Michael Myers Now, and right as you're about to tune out, this is where this is where this strange old couple, you're like, oh, this is this is why they work. I accept strange. I do not accept old. Well, whatever. Uh, what is your number three? Uh, two. Same. I like two less than I liked three. Yeah, three is my number two. I thought I thought three was um, a fun story. It was wild. It was dumb. It was out there. It was about aliens. It was demonizing the Irish. But it was it was a fun. About, it's not about it's not about aliens. Is that what you got from it? You got aliens from it? It's about like low like demons, Irish like magic and whatever and male witches and yeah masks and made out of well computer whatever. chips made out of stone. It's fucking insane. Halloween 3 is insane, and I love it with all of my heart. It it was dumb, but it was fun. It knew what it was and what it was trying to be, and I appreciated it. Um, Also, I enjoy the thing that, uh, this weird thing about Tom Atkins, where, like, people that put Tom Atkins in movies are like, so people want to fuck Tom Atkins. And I'm like, (laughs) do they, though? Do they? That's awesome, but, Uh, I mean. And I guess, I mean, Billy Crystal was a sex you know heartthrob at one point yeah okay i I fucking love halloween 3 it's my favorite halloween sequel hands down which means uh one is the og is one one is one halloween 78 baby it is a fucking stone cold classic for a reason the only way i would knock that down is if we include dark christmas is it black Black christmas Christmas. black christmas you like black Black christmas more than halloween yeah i did yeah i could get that i I know some people the lack of soundtrack made it terrifying yeah it is very good it's very creepy now we are entering november yes we've done noir noir vember in uh way back in season one we've done we always do some sort of like theme detective right so what are we doing this month dear um so i originally asked you i think a couple weeks ago i was like hey here's the two themes i've i want to do which one are you just from the theme to the title alone which month would you rather do first okay and it was um you pick the wrong house right or 
Star of Stage and Screen. And I chose? You said Star of Stage Star and Screen. Star of Stage and Screen. So it will be two horror movies about um, like being on stage, okay. like theater, and then two about movies. Um, this would have been the perfect month for Demons, but we've already done Demons because it's in a fucking movie theater. Um, I feel like Peggy Lou Prom Night 2 would have fit in there too because that random trunk. Hello Mary Lou. Hello Mary Lou, yeah. Um, so what we're doing is we're going to start out with our two stage movies. And the first one is Dario Argento's Opera. Opera. Um, what year? I want to say like 88, 89, <laughs> somewhere there. Best part, ready? How long? I, uh, honestly, I don't have it in front of me. It's probably like 90 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, they're usually like 88 to 96 minutes, which is my sweet spot. Like, All right. It's somewhere in there. It's short. Dario Argento, yet again. We've done this guy before. I know what I'm in for. Italian, wonderful. A lot of world. color. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're signing off. Should we do the official sign off? Uh, well, before that, I just want to say uh, thank you for listening this month. Thank you for taking the trip from listening to us shit on Halloween 5. Uh, to working towards loving the OG Halloween. Um, we hope that you've had a great October because this is technically when you're listening to it at the end of October. Uh, we hope that you had a great Halloween. And I think the last thing I could say before we say our goodbyes is happy Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. As always, I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> we love you. And happy Halloween. This is our Halloween episode. <laughs>